the lion, and the mouse. That, my friends, is one of Aesop's fables. Do you remember having those read to you when you were a kid? Today, we're going to talk about fables. Because our guest has written a book called Frog's Rainy Day and Other Fables. And he's going to teach our kids things they need to know in the culture based on some great stories. And at the end of Sandy Rios 24-7, we're going to unplay the entire Lion and the Mouse. But seriously, folks, yeah, this is Sandy Rios on Sandy Rios 24-7. I, I was so <laughs> intrigued by that, uh, that really we are going to play the whole thing at the end of the show. It's, uh, I think it's four minutes long, so just be ready so you can find out what happened uh, to the lion and the mouse. Um, today's show is fun, and I, uh, you know, I offer it to you in fun. But it's not just for kids. I think these kinds of stories are for all of us. So here's a different kind of story. It's a story about a girl named Natalia, only this is not a fable. This is actually true. When Natalia found out that she was pregnant, her initial reaction was fear and anger. She didn't think she could go through with her pregnancy and had decided on an abortion. By the grace of God, her partner's family was praying. And then Natalia was led to a preborn network center. And once she saw her baby on ultrasound and heard the heartbeat Like over half of the other girls who experienced this, she knew that God wanted her to have her baby and he would carry her through. Natalia chose life and has received ongoing love and support from preborn since then. You made that possible. You made that possible. If you'd like to make more uh, great stories like this from girls who are in crisis and their babies who are in threat of their lives, you can go to preborn.com slash Sandy. That's preborn.com slash Sandy. All right. Sandy Reels 24-7 comes to you three times a week. You can find us on any podcast network. You can find us at sandyreels.com if you want to do it the easy way. And you can call us at 662-821-2040 or email at sandy at AFR.net. Okay, it's story time, boys and girls. Sit back and relax and enjoy today's version of Sandy Rios 24-7. From American Family Radio, Sandy Rios. We are not called to be nice. We are often called to be confrontational. And here with me in D.C. is Fox News contributor Sandy Rios. I think the most important thing we need to demonstrate to our children is genuineness. That we actually believe what we say we believe. A longtime Fox News contributor, Sandy Rios, thanks very much for being with us. Seek justice. Not social justice, but God's justice. What's right and what's wrong. Sandy Rios is with the American Family Association. A pro-life radio talk show host. We've got to say this is the line. Life is sacred. Director of Governmental Affairs for the American Family Association. Step up. Speak up. Say something. Do something. This is Sandy Rios, and I'm here at the Pray, Vote, Stand Summit in Washington, D.C. at the Omni Shoreham, sponsored by Family Research Council and also the American Family Association Action. And so when I go to these conferences, I usually go through the exhibit area, 
and very seldom do I actually book someone, especially if they've just written a book, because I have so many other pressing issues that I try to cover. But as I was milling about, I came across this guy who wrote this book. It is so cool. And as I started to talk to him, I realized he has a great story. So I don't even know his story. So we're going to hear it here, but let me just tell you, he's written a book called Frog's Rainy Day and Other Fables. Um, the illustrations are beautiful, and don't you dare stop listening because you don't have kids, because this will apply to all of us. Um, so with that, Michael Dowling, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Nice to be here. All right, so in a, in a paragraph here, tell me what this book is about. The this book is, is nine original award-winning fables that teach a biblical worldview. And each fable is about different issues in the culture. Truth, the goal of life, identity as created in the image of God, all of those things. And they hit at some of the unbiblical notions in the culture that are so prevalent today. And contrast using quotes from the story is about different issues and then following the story are quotes from the culture different people Gandhi Muhammad Ali other people and then quotes from scripture and you can see what the culture is saying is way out of line with what the Bible teaches can you just I'm gonna put you on the spot yeah can you just do you know a passage in there quickly if you were to give one little passage would you know what to read one little passage? Yes, what do you sir. Mean? Well, just a little bit. Can't read a whole fable. Well, it'd be nice to, in your voice to hear. Maybe at the beginning, of just pick I one. I see. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's like uh, that's that's hard. But uh, I'll start with a fable. It's, it was a rainy day, too rainy for even a frog to go out to play. I'll stay inside and write a story, thought Frog, said Frog. He took a pen and paper and started to write Once Upon a Time. And as he wrote the story, I'm not reading it now, I'm just telling it, the letters started marching off the page. And he said, wait, I'm, tell I'm using you to write a story. And they said, we're just, that's the point. We're sick and tired of being used. You tell us to stand here and make this word. Go make that word. We want to do our own thing. We want to be important for a change. And they start marching off the page again. And ultimately, he says, well, where are you going? What are you going to do? You were created to make words and stories. And uh, they thought, and they didn't have an answer. So he talked him into staying, and he said, I'll write a story about you. And so he wound up, and this is the story that he wrote. And this, they stayed on this page so you could read it. The letters are here. And the moral of this fable is we're made for a much larger story, which we miss when we seek our own glory. And then at the end of the fable, there are quotes from the culture Ralph Waldo Emerson, it's easy to live for yourself. Everybody does that. I mean, live for others. He says live for yourself. That's Ralph Waldo Emerson and so on. And so we have quotes from the culture and then quotes from Scripture. And, of course, Scripture is just the opposite. Jesus said be a servant and so on. So it contrasts what the culture is saying with what Scripture says and teaches a biblical worldview. This reminds me of something. I, I, we have four grandchildren. And we watched a movie with them that was one of their movies. And honestly, I was sitting there watching it. Just my, their blood was going. It wasn't pornographic, but those messages. And I thought, Lord, please help me. I don't want to cause trouble, but not with them, but with their 
you know, with who's thinks this is great. Yeah. And so um, at the end of it, I just felt like God just really gave me the words. I said, kids, now let's think about what we just saw. They're telling you to put yourself first, to pursue your happiness. And that's the opposite of what God requires. And there was more. But I just, same kind of thing. It's funny. Not funny. No, just it's interesting. Not funny. You're using stories to show that. And it's I, so prevalent. Yeah, I wrote this because years ago when uh, I lived in Boston and I was involved, I got involved in, I was raised in a church. Uh, but it was in Tennessee and we went to church every Sunday, but it wasn't real in our home. And so when I got older and I worked in Boston, someone said, I lost a job at one point. They said, go see an astrologer. So I did. And she got me, pointed me towards Silva Mind Control. That got involved in EST, Earhart Seminars Training, and a lot of cults up in Boston. So I was in Eastern religions and all that. And so now, and I, God graciously pulled me out of that. But today, those kind of thinking is, is mainstream. It's everywhere. You know, truth is within you. You discover it by looking inside yourself. So it's different for everybody. You choose your own ident identity, gender, whatever. Happiness is the goal of life. All paths lead to God as long as you're sincere. All of those kind of things. I live that. And that's why I wrote this book. And it hits at those unbiblical notions in the culture in a fun way. You know, Jesus taught with parables. And in this noisy environment with all the clutter that's going on, stories are a powerful way to reach people. And that's why I wrote this. And then at the end of every fable, there's a moral. And then there's contrasting quotes from the culture and quotes from Scripture. And then in the back of the book, there's discussion questions that you can discuss it with a family, and there's more online. So they're really very, very thorough teaching tool that you can use. Let me just say some great, uh, some great endorsements here. John Daly, Focus on the Family, and John, Col I don't know John, John, he's a pastor, John Columba. Columba? Yeah, Columbus okay. with Legacy Coalition okay. and a so on. Alex McFarland uh, and others. And also, yeah. I know that I think FRC is crazy about this book or they would not have you here. Well, Focus, fo Focus on the Family is scheduled to take it over next year as a publisher. Uh, we self-published it for three years, and then we're delighted we're working with them to, to do it next, start being, become the publisher. Where could people find this? Well, uh, the best place is on our website. Okay, what uh, is it? FrogsRainyDayStory.com frogs with plural uh, you know f-r-o-g-s no apostrophe though frogs rainy day story.com and that then we can we fulfill orders you can also get it in any bookstore or an amazon or barnesandnoble.com or any of those so of it's course, available widely but what you're saying is true you it's people work hard to write these books a lot of resources and then these third-party vendors make a, a significant amount of money from the author and that's why he's saying and i'm agreeing with him if you can go to frogsrainydaystory.com that's the best way because that would help you right and go directly to it's better and we can also autograph the books that way they can say you know would you personalize the autograph to my child and here's the name and whatever we can do that but i call it an apologetics book for adults disguised as a children's book some of the biggest fans are that middle school age uh, 9 to 14 they really get it it's a picture book so five and up like the stories but then they get to be middle school they really understand it it's and it's been taught in adult bible studies too because it's really it really helps you see the culture 
yep. you know. And, uh, in a fresh way, I'm sure. Yeah, and so, you know, if you understand what's going on out there and how it doesn't line up with Scripture, you can deal with it. But a lot of people don't even realize. They think, the, well, this is a political thing or something, but underlying it so much, or maybe all of it, is, is spiritual in nature. Well, first, let me just take a minute to remind you that Christian Health Care Ministries is a, a new sponsor, and they are taking enrollment right now uh, for people who are interested in exploring another way of covering your health care costs. Uh, Christian Health Care Ministries has been in the business longer than anyone, and it's a way of sharing your resources where, you know, what you pay every month goes into a very large pool of resources that helps people who right now are having medical problems and need that help. And then when you have medical problems, the pool is there for you. I know you understand that concept. Maybe you've never thought about doing that, but it could be that your medical insurance has gone up. The premiums are high. You're not getting great coverage. Uh, I just think it's a good time to explore this. That's what I would recommend if you have any questions at all about what's happening with your own coverage right now. C-H- ministries.org slash Sandy uh, is the place to go. chministries.org slash Sandy. You can compare prices. They have three different levels. And I want to remind you, you can keep your own doctor or go uh, to the hospital of your choice. Also, they have telemed. Uh, if you, uh, for any kind of situation you might come across, it can be handled in that way. It really is a wonderful resource. And that's why so many people are signing up for Christian Healthcare Ministries. I just wanted to make sure that my audience knew about this as well. It's chministries.org. That's chministries.org slash Sandy. Michael, I, you know, I have to ask you, you came out of those, all those cult experiences, those mystical, godless yes. uh, experiences, and there's got to be a story there. Yeah, um, you know, I was in it for several years. You know, I got really s- sidetracked into that ESP, you know, and, and there's a lot of power in that. And I was attracted to the power. You know, I grew up in churches and I didn't see much there. You know, it was, it was sort of devoid of the power. And uh, so when things started happening to me in my, you know, late 20s, 30s, I was attracted to that. I knew people that would meditate and go on top of a mountain, get a number, and come down and win a lottery. You know, so I knew there was more to the spiritual realm, and I'd read books by Baba Ram Das, and I was up in Boston where all of that was happening. I was living in a house where they were practicing the Sufi religion and so on. And my wife, by the way, she saw she was at a Buddhist meditation receipt and retreat and saw Christ in the window. You know, so that's she's an artist and she's the illustrator of the book. So we were having supernatural experiences, and yeah. and then. Um, at one point, though, it's, not, it's empty. I was going from one thing to another. It never satisfies. And so I remember counseling with a pastor one time because something happened to me that drew me back to, toward Christ. I didn't want to go to Christ because you have to die to yourself. But I didn't want to do that. I wanted more of me. But this pastor saw me one time, and I said, I just can't believe Jesus died for me. This is a solid church I went to. And and he looked at me, and often he would point me to Scripture and say, well, see what it says in the Bible, and that was really great. This time he just waited for several sec- a long time, and he looked at me. When I said, I can't believe Jesus died for me, he looked at me and said, well, did he? 
and my spirit knew that Jesus died for me. And I broke down and cried, and I could accept him as my Savior. I could not have done it with my mind. My mind was too destroyed. I think that's a lot where a lot of people are today. It's going to have to be the power of God is going to have to bring people out of this stuff. So the, the culture is just corrupt. It's so off base. And uh, so that's why I wrote, this is our little contribution to help people see through that clutter and see the truth and contrast what the culture is saying with what the Bible says. So that's why we... I have a feeling this will be first of many offerings. That's what I think. But oh, let me great. just say, Thank you. the book is called Frog's Rainy Day Story. And other fables. And would they be buying it for children? Or are they, who should they buy it for? Who shall they, well, you said, but let's repeat it. Like I say, it's, I think it's an apologetics book for adults disguised as a children's book. So young kids, they love it. Five years old, picture book, they like the stories. When they get to be middle school, eight, nine, and 12, whatever, they really get it. They, they love, they understand it more. And it's being used for adult Bible studies, too. Adults use it, and it helps see the culture, and they have, they're fun, but they have a real point and the moral. So it's for, really for all ages. This is so cool. Just tell me something else here. Tell you what something else. What did you do for a living before you, you know, in your former life when you were doing all this? How you know, you I, I went to, uh, well, I went to study engineering in college. I was in the Army for two years. Then I went to Columbia Business School in New York and worked in business up in Boston uh, for a few years and accounting, basically. And that's what I majored in. I just, and I took a vocational interest test at one point because I felt something wasn't right. And my interest in accounting was below farming. And I don't even like the <laughs> garden. And so I got out of that field, got into some other stuff for a while. And, and along that time, I, got I got, came to faith in Christ. My wife, Sarah, had, had become a Christian three years before. We'd been best friends for three years. And uh, we got married. And she's an artist. And she had designed some stuffed animals. So we had a little stuffed animal business for about six or seven years. One of them was a little lamb that she did uh, and we called it worthy the lamb but oh. and uh, but then there was another lamb we called EF mutton an executive <laughs> lamb he had a little necktie and I wrote something with it called the Wall Street Journal and it looked like the Wall Street <laughs> Journal but it was a, it oh, was a parody so and it was in USA Today a little picture and stuff that was our moment of fame but we ran out of steam and then I became, uh, we left that and just closed everything, moved to Charlottesville, Virginia from, from Boston. And uh, actually God opened the door for me to be the administrator of a church there, a thousand member Presbyterian Church in America, PCA Church. And I did that for 12 years. And we learned a lot, got healed a lot and so on. And then I felt my job was there, was over. And we moved to St. Simon's Island, Georgia. And that's when I be, I'm a ghostwriter now. I write books for business professionals, ministry leaders, thought leaders, executives, and so on. And I started writing this book of fables over a number of years. And then it came out three, Sarah Illustrate. Isn't it wonderful how God put us together that she's an artist illustrator. And then I'm, I, I became a writer and that's my profession now. And uh, so I need to say, cause it's true that these illustrations are terrific. Yeah. You know, they're they're re very real, well, realistic as like sketches could go, but they, they have personality and spunk. I yeah. know they're not just bland, bland drawings. It's really cute. She does 
obviously brings it like that one of the frog right there. Thank you. <laughs> she has yeah. him laying on his side with his, uh, his hand on his chin. It's uh, it's really yeah. Um, real, this is what caught my eye. So it's interesting. I'll just tell you, she was. Oh, she, we met at an engagement party for a friend of hers. I had played tennis with this woman a couple of times, and I don't know why she invited me to this party. But before she came, there was only fifteen or twenty people there. She knew she was going to meet the man she was going to marry. And, and we met that night. And it wasn't for love at first sight at all. And then I was at a meeting when I was at a... We, God healed a lot of it in the beginning through a Catholic charismatic prayer meeting we would go to. And I was there one night and everybody was raising their hands and praising God. And I looked around. I don't even know if I was a Christian at that time. And I was the only one that wasn't. I raised my hands too because everybody else was doing it. And I heard this voice speak to me and said, Sarah is a gift to you. And it caused me to break down and cry. And uh, isn't it wonderful that he told us individually, God, that, hey, you are for each other. And here we are working together in this ministry. You know, I do think uh, just, first of all, you just gave us living proof that God calls his people by a lot of titles, you know, or names or groups. Nobody no of none of man's creation, whether it's churches or it has a has the ownership of who God works through, the Holy right, Spirit. Right. And so it's real interesting to hear the eclectic way God worked in your life. And also, it seems to me that God gave you that supernatural word because you had been dealing with the supernatural. That's right. And it made it, it's what you needed. I just think that's, that's wonderful. That's what we needed. And now, we, now we're members of Covenant Presbyterian Church in Nashville. That's where we live. That's where the shooting was not oh. long ago. And, and we're fairly new there, and we wanting to, we're wanting to know the senior pastor and his wife better. And we invited them to dinner, and that, the date was set a couple of months ahead of time because they're busy, maybe three. And they came on a Sunday night. To, we have a little log cabin that we rent overlooking the Cumberland River. We <laughs> rent it there in, in Nashville. And they came to our humble log cabin and uh, had dinner. The next day, their daughter was killed in the shooting. Oh. And we were talking that night about the need for the church to be more engaged with the culture and to understand what's going on and how things are. Uh, Eric McTaxis has written a book encouraging churches and pastors and stuff to be more alert to that. And uh, you know, a letter to the church, American church. So anyway, that's what we were talking about. And the church and the culture came crashing in. So that's part of our mission is to help people understand, hey, this is a spiritual battle. Yes. And only a guy that comes from the supernatural dark side could really, really grasp. And then the way God's used you, I think, is just a, a wonderful thing. Yeah, it's he's great to you, know. Put you in important he, places. He's redeeming some of that yeah. sin and that <laughs> bad stuff from the past and using it. Yeah, I'm very that's, thankful for that's that. That's why we have such a great Savior. And so, all right. And so. thank you for... Thank you for inviting me. Thank you for spotting us and doing this, my taking the risk. You didn't know my story before you got here. I could have said anything, couldn't I? You, no, but I, I got You yeah. gave me a hint right. that I knew. Okay, so okay. Michael James Dowling. It's called Frog's Rainy Day Story and Other Fables. Right. You can get it at Frog's, no apostrophe, frogsrainydaystory.com. Right. Michael, thanks. Thank you, Thank you so God, much. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you. This is Sandy Rios 24-7 on American Family Radio. You know, when you get to preborn, you certainly, any contribution toward providing those ultrasounds 
is invaluable, but there are other needs that can also be met. And if you have the means, not all of you do, but if you have the means, would you consider a leadership gift to save babies in a big way? Your tax-deductible donation of $5,000 will sponsor Preborn's entire network for 24 hours, helping to rescue, in general, during this period of time, 200 babies. To donate, you just go to preborn.com slash Sandy. That's preborn.com slash Sandy. And make your most generous donation. If you are a regular donor or if you've just given one or two times and you want to give again, of course, that's the way you do it. Preborn.com slash Sandy. The Lion and the Mouse. The Lion and the Mouse. I love that so much. When we first played it, I thought you'd want to hear it again. I did. I wanted to hear it again. I think it's so funny. It's an Aesop's fable, and it'll just give you an idea. We don't have a recording of uh, the frog story, the frog fables, but uh, when we do, we'll probably play part of that, too. Um, I've asked Bruce to join me because he's a big kid at heart. I know he's a former FBI agent, but trust me, he's a big kid at heart, and Bruce... Didn't your mom used to read to you every night when you were a kid? Yes, she did. Uh, my brother and I shared a room, and we had a rocking chair in there. And my mom would put me on one side of her lap and my brother on the other, and we'd sit there and rock, and she'd read us, you know, kids' books all, maybe two, three. We'd always <laughs> beg for more. What was your favorite, <laughs> do you know? Oh, I always loved books about trains. Oh, tra- I was always... <laughs> Wait, that's off trains. topic. We can't talk about trains. <laughs> did she ever do fables? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she did all kinds of things. You know, it's I, I don't want to bring, this is not meant to sh- bring the show down, but my, I ne- no one ever read to me. I never had <laughs> bedtime. We just, we, we grew, up, grew up differently. It's like when it's time to go to bed, good night, and I, I went off by myself. My parents were not cruel. They just didn't, they never had treatment like that. They grew up poor with 100 kids and and uh, nobody, mo- no mother read a bedtime story to well, them. Well, when I so. turned when I turned twenty one, she quit. <laughs> didn't have my whole life. I think it's wonderful. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't. My dad later started. He used to read uh, comic books to me. He read like those classic comic books. That's how I fell in love with Abraham Lincoln and George Washington and all that. And he just he would read anything but Little Lulu to me. So anyway, those. Are, but but back to Esau's fables. Wasn't that a cool idea that Michael James Dowling has? Oh, absolutely. Um, I have to admit, I started reading the book the night we got it. (laughs) And uh, uh, what I love is he goes through the stories. And first off, his wife illustrates the book. It's absolutely beautiful. Um, And and he goes through a story. He has a number of them. I think nine of them in there. But what's important is not just that you're reading a fun story, but at the end of it, he has a section that will say what the culture says. So he'll interpret the fable or this, the, the story that he's written according to what probably most neighbors and people like that would say. But then he goes on, and then he has a thing called God's Word Says. And then he tells you, look, it's not what the culture says. That's not what this is meaning. This is what it actually means. 
And really, I mean, it, it, it's applicable to young people, but it's also applicable to older people. I found myself very enthralled. And we're going to we're going to illustrate that fables are good for old people. And it reminds me, uh, Jesus himself. They call them parables, and they are, but they're stories like this with a message. And sometimes they were true, and sometimes they were made up characters. And that's how he taught grown-ups, by the way. Now, I promised that we would play. I thought people might want to know about the story about the lion and the mouse. I want to know what happened, don't you? Do you I know do. that one? Do you I know don't that know one? that one. Okay, my, so, I, my mom must have dropped the ball on okay, that Okay, all right. So <laughs> sit back, you know, get your coffee or something. This is four minutes. And I know, you know, probably shouldn't play four minutes on, but you know what? I don't do things... I get in trouble because I don't think do things in the normal way, but this, I think, is so cute. I want you to hear it. So here we are. This is Aesop's fable, The Lion and the Mouse. One hot afternoon, Lion lay snoozing happily in the shade of a tree. Suddenly, he felt something running over his nose. He opened one eye and saw it was a tiny mouse. Furious at being woken, he waited his moment. Then he flushed out his great paw and caught Mouse by the tail. Oh, please, squeaked Mouse. I didn't mean to wake you. Please, let me go. I'll pay you back one day, I promise. Lion roared with laughter. You repay me, a little tiddly thing like you. How could such a puny creature be of any use to a king of the beasts like me? Please, great king, cried Mouse. Don't eat me. Lion yawned and thought about it. He was too sleepy. Oh, well, if you insist. After all, you wouldn't make much of a meal, would you? Off you go, and be careful whose nose you walk on in the future. It was not long after that Mouse and Lion met again. This is how it happened. Lion had gone off hunting at dusk. He was stalking through the trees following a herd of zebra, when he happened to spring a hunter's trap. A great net came down on him and held him fast. <gasps> he roared and raged, but in spite of all his great strength, he could not break free. His roaring echoed through the forest so that everyone heard him and everyone knew that Lion was in trouble. Mouse heard him too 
and he was a mouse of his word. Off he went, as fast as his little legs would carry him to see if he could help. It wasn't long before he came across Lion, still caught up in the net, still roaring and raging. D don't worry, said Mouse. I'll soon have you out of that. And he began to gnaw at the net ropes, one by one, until at last, Lion could break free. There you are, said Mouse. I told you I'd pay you back, didn't I? A little tiddly thing like you, helping out a king of the beasts like me, Lion replied. Who'd have thought it possible? Everything is possible, said Mouse. Goodbye, Lion. And off he scampered, away into the long grass. Oh, the lion and the mouse. And if, if that were Michael James Dowling right, writing, he would have said, and as it says in God's word, with man it is impossible, but with God all things are possible. That's the missing link for Aesop. It's been so much fun to have you join us today uh, for this kind of end-of-the-week fun kind of thing. And if you want to call us and add your two cents, call us at 662-821-2040, or you can email us at sandy at afr.net. You can listen at afr.net or any podcast platform. You can go to sandyrios.com. And as we're saying goodbye, I want to thank my sponsors, Preborn. Go to preborn.com slash sandy and make your most generous donation. And my other sponsors, chministries.org slash Sandy, thanks for listening to today's edition of Sandy Rios 24-7.